Welcome to a special Q&A episode of the RF Prevention Podcast. Now, we recently released an episode about creatine in which I did a deep dive into the literature about creatine, its uses, who is it beneficial for, how to take an optimal dosing, et cetera. And during that time period, one, I've received a lot of questions, specific questions about creatine. And we also opened the floodgates to a couple of questions over our Instagram. And we got a lot of really good questions that I would like to take the time to answer for those individuals. So without further ado, let's begin. The first question uh, is from some of my rock climbing friends uh, out in Rifle. Uh, Why do I get more pumped slash sore when taking creatine? So rock climbing is a really interesting endeavor. Obviously it's super fun. But uh, with rock climbing, we're talking about sport climbing, bouldering, and then trad climbing, and then big wall climbing, okay? So uh, this individual was asking more about sport climbing in, sp- in particular. And sport climbing utilizes majoritively two of the energy systems that we talked about on the last podcast. It mostly utilizes the phosphocreatine system for very short uh, energy bouts, but also utilizes the lactate energy system or the anaerobic energy system. Now, during that time, our aerobic energy system is going to be functioning, but the bouts of contraction and the bouts of activity are short enough that it's going to be majoritively the first two short-term energy systems. So why would I get more sore? Why would I get more pumped when taking creatine? So when we look at the mechanism by which creatine works, it works by storing high energy phosphates within muscle tissue. So it's going to make our short-term exercises more effective. So if we go back to that car metaphor, it's like having extra or accessory nitrous tanks within that car. So then whenever we're doing a race or whenever we're doing short races, we'll be able to use those nitrous reserves of fuel and energy. Thus, whenever we're doing resistance training or rock climbing, we are able to utilize those short-term reserves of energy. And actually, this is almost a paradoxical effect because creatine has been shown to decrease serum levels of many markers associated with muscle degradation and inflammatory markers even as well. So in the acute term, Creatine can help decrease many of the markers of inflammation. However, paradoxically, with chronic supplementation, we'll sometimes see an increase in markers like curetane kinase and some of the inflammatory markers associated with high-intensity exercise. And this is because it actually makes our exercise more effective. So if previously I'm able to do 10 pull-ups, With creatine supplementation, I now have more short-term reserves of energy, and I might be able to do 12 to 15 pull-ups. I actually had one patient who's a rock climber, and we had her, for specific reasons, taking high doses of creatine, and they were able to do over 20 unbroken pull-ups. So it makes us more effective in short-term energy bouts. So the amount of muscular tension the amount of work that we are able to do increases. And when we increase the amount of work, that's gonna put more stress upon the actual contractile units of the muscle. So if I'm blasting out the the nitrous tanks, 
then that's going to put more mechanical stress on the tires and more mechanical stress on the chassis of the car. So the car might wear down faster. Now, luckily we are not a car. We are able to reproduce and reconfigure and adapt to our muscle stressors. So this is how over time we get improvements in resistance training and also things like rock climbing performance. Yes, it will paradoxically make you a little bit more sore, but that's just because it's making you stronger through more short-term energy. Next, when taking creatine, this one's from Sarah also out in Rifle, when taking creatine, do I still need to take protein? And there are many nuances to this question. Uh, I think the first question we should, ask, we should ask ourselves is, do I need to take protein, i.e., this is insinuating I need to take supplemental protein. Now, the priority with protein intake is going to be to intake protein by whole food sources. So the amount of protein that we should take, uh, go to like our CrossFit Live lecture that we've released, uh, our podcast on that, and also some of our other lectures regarding nutrition as far as the optimal dosage of protein. But the, the bullet point for protein for athletes is 1.2 to 2.0 grams per kilogram of body weight per day. If you're able to get that through whole food sources, then you do not need to take protein. However, if you're struggling to meet those requirements for protein, in that scenario, it would be beneficial to supplement protein. Now, if I'm taking creatine, do I need to still supplement protein? If you're taking creatine, creatine intake is independent of protein intake. So creatine is a molecule that helps us to shuttle energy and store high energy phosphates. So it does not factor into our total protein intake for the day. I recognize that it is composed of three amino acids. However, it does not factor into your protein consumption for the day. Um, now, regarding supplementation, oftentimes supplements will try to differentiate themselves from their market competition by adding stuff in. So they, oh, you can get your pre, your protein, your, your protein, you can get your protein and your creatine in at the same time with our supplement. So you should buy our supplement. And in fact, you do not want to do this. Reason being, we measure the amount of protein in protein powder inside of a protein supplement by actually measuring the amount of nitrogen that is contained within that one single scoop or one single dosage of that protein. Now, like I mentioned previously, creatine is composed of three amino acids. So if you add creatine into the protein, you will get a bigger registry of nitrogen within that compound within that single dose. So it is actually diluting the amount of protein because it is artificially enhancing the measure of how much protein is in there. So you're actually getting less protein in supplements that have creatine with protein. So as usual, uh, and I'd say that this is a good rule of thumb, if you will, uh, regarding uh, supplementation. If you're trying to supplement protein, get a protein supplement. If you're trying to supplement creatine, get a creatine supplement. If you're trying to supplement MCT oil, get an MCT oil supplement. I'm not really sure exactly why you would do an MCT oil supplement. Sometimes it's beneficial, sometimes it's not. But when you're supplementing something, 
supplement one thing at a time. And especially be on the lookout for things like quote unquote proprietary blends. Because in these scenarios, that just means we can put whatever we want in it as, as possible. Uh, as far as sourcing is concerned, you really want to look at third-party providers or third-party authentications for if those supplements contain what they say they contain. There was a study done on the top 40 Amazon supplements that are sold, and the majority of those supplements, one, did not contain the levels of supplements that were advertised, and a large percentage of those supplements, over 50%, also contained extra ingredients. So this is a long-winded answer to say, uh, when taking creatine, do I still need to take protein? If you take protein, you still need to take protein. Uh, so creatine won't factor into your protein intake for the day. Uh, now onto the Instagram questions. The first question is from XC underscore running addict. So thank you for your question. Um, and the question is, how does creatine affect the way our body makes muscle? And this is a really good question because creatine, as mentioned previously, does not factor into our protein consumption for the day. So how does it enhance resistance training? How does it enhance muscle hypertrophy or the growth of muscles? How does it enhance power, strength, sprint performance, etc.? And it does so by actually making our training sessions more effective. So uh, this also is reminiscent of the first question, you know, why do I get more pumped and sore while taking creatine? It's because you have more short-term energy available for those bouts of resistance training. So you will, able to have, you will be able to have a higher capacity in your resistance training session. You'll be able to do more sets and more reps at higher weights than normally when you have lower saturation of creatine within your muscle tissue. So how does it make uh, our muscle better? It helps us to train harder, thus giving us more stimulus for more adaptation and compensation. It may help with decreasing some of the inflammatory markers associated with exercise um, and will help overall with the muscle composition also by increasing the size of cells, by increasing their water content, and potentially also increasing the glycogen content within our muscle tissue as well. So glycogen is our muscle sugar. So it will therein increase the availability of those high energy phosphates as well as muscle sugar in the form of glycogen. So very good question. Thank you, XU Running Addict. The next question comes from uh, my buddy, Sydney Gidabade. So Sid, thanks for uh, uh, coming in with this question, would it be helpful for an endurance athlete to take creatine? And with this question, it's a big nuanced question. And I think that part of this nuance has to do with the so-called, or what I would like to call a stratification of endurance athletes. So let's say I'm a high school endurance athlete. That means I'm probably running the two mile run and we're gonna go with runners since Sid's a runner. So uh, I'm gonna answer you specifically, Sid. If I'm a, not that you're a high schooler or anything, but if I'm a high school athlete, then I'm running the two mile, the mile, probably the 800 and maybe the 400 meters. And in that scenario, we still have to do middle distance runs. And in order to prevent, energy, prevent injury and also improve running economy, we're also likely resistance training. So in that scenario, creatine would be effective 
because we're doing shorter distances, thus our training requires shorter intervals, which has been shown to be improved with creatine supplementation. And we're also probably resistance training if we're getting optimal adaptations and optimal training. Optimal training for running includes resistance training. So creatine, for the reasons mentioned previously, will enhance resistance training. So in those endurance athletes, that would be beneficial. Now let's say I'm a pure aerobic endurance athlete. So let's say I'm running a marathon. I'm in marathon training. I'm never doing an interval less than 5K. In, in these scenarios, the energy system that we're predominantly using probably over 90% of the time would be the aerobic energy system. So markers of our utilization of the aerobic and energy system include VO2 max and also endurance exercise performance. And supplementation of creatine has not been shown to improve VO2 max, and it has also not been shown to improve long endurance exercise performance. Sometimes it can improve quote unquote muscle endurance, but typically those studies are looking at more like the number of sets and reps that you can do with resistance training exercise. Now, caveat here. If you are a vegetarian marathon runner, in this scenario, some of the studies theorize that there may be a deficit of creatine in these individuals. So if you're a vegetarian, it may be beneficial to take creatine for more of the cognitive benefits and more benefits associated with just resolving that relative deficit because you're not getting creatine in the diet. So I know a lot of marathoners are vegetarian, and for those individuals, it may be beneficial to take a normal to low dose of creatine. Now, one that hits kind of in the middle would be like a collegiate or professional 10,000 meter runner. And we know nowadays that you can't just outpace the competition in a 10,000 meter dash. You have to oftentimes finish your last 400 meters in something like you know, between 50 and 55 seconds, which is absolutely insane. Uh, it's a very, very fast 400 meter dash, a very fast, short interval. Now, if you're a 10,000 meter runner and you're wanting to win NCAAs, you're gonna need to be able to finish your last 400 meters between 55 seconds and 50 seconds. There's just, that's just how it is nowadays. So if your personal record in the 400 meter dash is 59 seconds or 60 seconds, and you're a 10,000 meter runner, you should probably be taking creatine because it's going to improve your short-term bouts of exercise. So it's gonna improve your short intervals and it would improve your weight training as well. So take creatine, a, rec a usual recommend dose, recommended dose would be adequate and take your sprints a little bit more seriously too because you're going to need them in order to uh, get on the podium at any very, very high level competition with those medium to long running exercises. Now, another area that endurance athletes may benefit from creatine, and this is, a, this is like a, a very faint link, is people that potentially have bone stress injuries or uh, are at risk of bone stress injuries. So there are some data that show that the osteoblastic cells can use creatine as an energy substrate thus enhancing the activity of our osteoblastic cells. Osteoblasts help lay down bone. So they can help increase our bone mineral density. So for those individuals that 
it wouldn't hurt for them to take. It definitely hasn't been shown to be a detriment to endurance exercise performance. So it may be beneficial for those individuals to take creatine because it may help with bone mineral density. So hopefully that is a uh, beneficial Sid. All right. Uh, next question is from Taylor Primer, one of my old, one of my buddies, uh, and he's been a previous guest on the podcast. So uh, he actually gave us a lot of really good nutritional advice during his podcast. So I highly recommend that you go over to uh, Dr. Taylor's uh, podcast episode. And Dr. Taylor is also uh, one of the co-founders of Gestalt Education. So if you're a chiropractor or a physical therapist or athletic trainer, they're always putting out really amazing continuing education courses. So I recommend you go and check out some of their stuff. But is there any downside to long-term usage, assuming correct dosage? And as of right now, there have not been any links to negative side effects associated with creatine utilization. High quality studies have been done for up to a year and even a little bit longer. High quality studies are expensive, so that's why you know one year is typically the kind of cutoff with that. However, there are slightly lower quality studies that are you know survey data and uh, data of that nature that is a little bit lower quality, but we can get longer duration of the entire study, or we can just ask participants, have you been taking this for a long time and have you experienced any negative side effects? And so far, all roads lead to no. There have not been shown to be too many negative side effects associated with creatine supplementation. Now, one caveat here and one nuance to creatine supplementation is that it will increase the amount of waste product associated with creatine. And that waste product is called creatinine. And creatinine is a waste product that is also associated with kidney disease and kidney dysfunction. However, this is more due to an accumulation of creatinine and a uh, decrease in the functionality of the kidneys. So sometimes people will take creatine, they'll have a natural increase in the waste product of creatine, i.e. creatinine, and then on a blood test or a urine test, it'll say, oh, this person has more creatinine, they must be having kidney dysfunction, that might have been caused by creatine supplementation. And no, the, this is not an indication that the kidneys are not functioning well. It's actually probably a sign that they are functioning well because we're breaking down the excessive or the increased amounts of creatine that are inside of our system. So uh, as of right now, there have not been any long-term side effects. And even in populations that have a little bit of kidney dysfunction, i.e. the diabetic populations, supplementation with creatine has not been shown to further dysregulate or add to dysfunction in the kidneys. So as of right now, there haven't been any known, uh, any uh, connection between creatine supplementation long-term and side effects. Next, any benefits to cycling creatine on and off? So, uh, this is a good question, uh, talking about the different dosages and rounds of dosages of creatine. So oftentimes people will do a loading dose and then a quote-unquote maintenance phase, but is there a benefit to then stopping creatine supplementation and then picking back up again? Now, when we take creatine, we are saturating our muscle tissue and other tissues with creatine. And this saturation actually lingers 
even after we stop taking creatine. It's a naturally thing that thing that's naturally synthesized in our muscles, and the saturation levels and the benefits to resistance training will actually linger in most individuals between 25 days and maybe even a little bit longer, so even over one month's period of time, after the cessation or the stopping of creatine exogenous supplementation. So with cycling, if you stop taking creatine for a month, you'll actually still have those higher levels of creatine in the musculature and then in the liver, and then you'll start decreasing back down to baseline levels, which would likely be just levels that you get from your normal diet. As far as uh, would there be a benefit to cycling on and off, um, when we take creatine, we decrease our endogenous synthesis of creatine. So we decrease the amount that our liver actually creates and synthesizes on its own. We might be thinking, oh, well, that may not be beneficial. I, I want to create all the creatine possible. However, the pathway for creating creatine is also the same pathway that assists with methylation of creatine. Uh, so the methylation pathway. And when we take creatine, we do decrease the amount of uh, creatine that we naturally synthesize. However, that also frees up that pathway for better methylation and increases in other substrates that are actually beneficial. Um, one thing that also has been shown to be happening a little bit with creatine supplementation is a decrease in homocysteine levels. And this is potentially related to the increased ability and the sparing of that methylation pathway because we are producing less creatine. So uh, is there any benefit to cycling on and off? Um, I would say there would probably be more benefit to just that maintenance phase and keeping that maintenance, and there may not be a huge benefit. You'll, you'll re-upregulate creatine synthesis if you stop taking creatine. Um, however, is there any natural benefit or any uh, optimization of creatine with that? Uh, signs point to, I don't know, to no. So uh, with creatine cycling, uh, probably not super beneficial, and there's probably not any extra benefit to cycling on and off of creatine. So I hope that that answer was helpful. And we've got one last question from my buddy Zach. Uh, does it make my PP bigger? <laughs> and this is uh, somewhat of a funny question. However, we can actually tie this into science. So uh, with resistance training, if we make resistance training more effective, it has been shown that creatine supplementation will augment our resistance training and optimize our resistance training. And if we do that, we actually have seen improvements in testosterone production. So it will improve testosterone, which is a hormone for recovery, but also sexual function, et cetera, in males. So it won't increase the size of the organ, but it may improve the function of the organ. So, um, Thank you, Zach, for that wonderful question. And that concludes our Q&A session on creatine. I hope that you all enjoyed this Q&A and thank you for listening once again to The Art of Prevention. Thank you for listening to this episode of Art of Prevention. If you enjoyed this episode or you wanna support our mission, please like, comment, and subscribe in any avenue that you listen to podcasts. We're also on Instagram and YouTube at Art of Prevention. This program is for informational purposes only and is not intended to be a substitute 
for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition. Always consult with your physician before starting any exercises or doing anything contained in this program. Always stop if you experience any pain, discomfort, or difficulties performing anything described in this program.